Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Let your kingdom come, God. Let it change in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mom, why don't we raise our hands right now? Let's just tell him that, Lord, we want your kingdom to come. Hallelujah, God, your kingdom, Lord. Uh, yes, Jesus, let your kingdom come. And, Lord, let your will be done in earth, God, in us. Hallelujah, the same as it is in heaven, Lord. That is our prayer. And, God, we surrender ourselves, Lord, as subjects of your kingdom. Hallelujah, submitted, you are Lord. Hallelujah, you sit on the throne, God. We lift you up and we magnify you. Let your kingdom come. Our world needs your kingdom. Lord, this world, God, our nation needs your kingdom to come. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, God, our community needs your kingdom to come. And the only way that's going to be done is through us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Uh, just a few things real quick. And I know the children are going to be dismissed. The youth are going to be dismissed. We're actually going to have to uh, actually split up a little bit tonight, give you some options. Um, before we do that, though, right before everybody leaves, I do want to announce uh, men's, the district, Maryland, D.C. district, men's, uh, conference is coming up May 19th through 21st. That's Thursday through Saturday. And that's in Reisterstown, Maryland. Uh, if you're interested in going, I can get you more information. And uh, Brother Curry, who has head up, headed up the men's ministry in our district, is going to be uh, stepping aside. And so we're going to be honoring him. Uh, some of you know Brother Curry, some of you don't. I'll just say he's one of the greatest Christians you'll ever meet. He's been battling cancer. Uh, various other, he's been in and out of the hospital the last several months. And so if you're able to make it, and it's just going to be a special time uh, to honor him. And also there's just going to be great ministry there. So if you're, uh, obviously criteria would be you're a man, first and foremost. Uh, but if you're a man that's interested, if you'll let me know, I'll get you more information on that. I know, I think there's already four or five that are planning to go. I can get you the rest of the information of you're interested. So if you'll come and see me, I can get you information on that. All right. Uh, I think that's everything. So we're going to go ahead and dismiss the children right now to the move and the youth. Probably Dairy Queen or something like that. What are you all doing tonight? I think, oh, you're staying here? <laughs> Last time it's like everybody wanted to go to Sonic. Um, and then my wife is actually going to be taking in the multipurpose room. Um, how did you ask me to announce that? Young marrieds slash going to be marrieds? going to be dealing with uh, content that is more relevant to new families, maybe young children, things of that nature. And she's going to be going in the multi-purpose room. So uh, it's your chance to be young, right? I mean, hey, you, you get to decide what young is right now. So if you go back there, you're young. Fountain of Youth right now, door is open. So if you're wanting to go to that multi-purpose room, and in here we're going to be doing altar worker training. And I know I did this with a group of you. Uh, not long ago, so it's going to be a little bit redundant if you do stay in here, but um, it's going to be good, I think. 
planned on it being good anyhow. So married, getting married, young, back there, all right? Planning to get married one of these days, thinking about it. Might be in your future plans. What you do right now might be letting that significant other in your life know it ain't ever happening or there's a possibility. Uh, All right, anyway, for the rest of you, you could be seated. Trying to give everybody opportunity to not get in the doghouse right now. (laughs) I do want to say it's been good to have my mother-in-law here with us. She's... She is uh, heading back home. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll let that be home for now. But she's heading back home tomorrow, and so we're going to miss her while until uh, she's back with us again. But it's been a joy having her, and I don't, I'm not just saying that. She's uh, low maintenance at, at the, around the house. She does. She makes food and uh, takes spoils us. Makes she makes a great blueberry cream pie and chimichangas and. Always helping out. So it's been just fun having her here. And uh, also, I just want to let you guys know, we got a special treat this Sunday. Bishop is going to be here preaching. So, amen. Amen. All right. We, we do have a lot of new folks coming into Living Hope. And part of that process is um, most, many, I would say most churches don't necessarily do altar calls the way Living Hope does. Have you ever been to a church where the altar call is done very different than Living Hope? All right, And I would say this, if I'm preaching in another church and they do their altar call different, I submit to that. Or if I'm preaching, there are many churches that the only people they allow to lay hands on people are a very select group of people, the pastor and maybe a few other deacons or elders that they allow to lay hands on people. And so if I'm preaching in that church and I know that that's their custom, I don't do the altar call the same way I do here, all right? I submit to that. And so it is when we come in at Living Hope, we need to understand what the culture is at Living Hope. And, the, and just because there was a way you might have done it in another church, we're asking, we want to do it the way we do it at Living Hope, all right? I don't, I don't know that one is better than the other, it's just different. And so our, our job should be when we come into a church we want to assimilate into that body, right? We don't want to try to make it like the church we came from. Certainly, if there's elements of a church you came from that we can benefit from, absolutely. But we don't want to come in and, and cause chaos and confusion because we're trying to make this church like where we came from. So I want to talk to us tonight about how we can be effective altar workers. Everybody want to be effective? What do I mean by being an altar worker? I mean when people come to the altar and they're seeking healing, Right, they're seeking deliverance. All right, they're seeking an answer. They they need a break. Sometimes they don't even know what they need. They just feel the Holy Ghost in here. They feel the presence of God, and they just want to respond to that. All right, they're seeking the Holy Ghost. All right, whatever it is that they need, we want to be. We want to have people working in our altars that are equipped to pray with them to help them. All right, anybody ever gone to a, a restaurant and your waiter never came? All right, you're there like. 20 minutes and they never show up, we don't want to be that. We want want to be ready. We want to be waiting. We want to be there to help them, all right? But we also, anybody ever been to a a department store and like every two minutes, can I help you with something? Yeah, I just want to look. If you leave me alone for a minute, I might buy something, all right? So we want to find that balance, all right? So I'm going to go through some things tonight 
um, concerning how we want to do altar working here at Living Hope. First of all, to be an effective altar worker, you must have faith. So if you're taking notes, that's first of all, you've got to have faith. Okay, if you come to the altar and you don't have faith that God can help that person, please don't pray for them. Right? Because you, you are actually becoming an obstacle. All right? You'd be better off just to stand their way and let them stumble their way through it. At least they got faith to come down to the altar and maybe I'll find something. So first of all, we got to have faith. And here's what we need to have faith for. We need to believe that Jesus is the answer for every person. Every person. It doesn't matter. When they walk through the doors of this church, we can't have presuppositions. Is that the right word? Prejudgments of what, whether God can help them or not based upon any amount of criteria that we might establish. No, Jesus is the answer for every person, right? He's the answer for the alcoholic. He's the answer for the person bound by drug addiction. Amen, he's the, he's the answer for the person dealing with sexual identity issues, right? He, he is the answer. He's the answer that our world needs right now. Jesus is the answer. Secondly, we have to have faith that we as the church are the vehicle for revival. When they walk in, there needs to be celebration that takes place. Hey, they came to the right place, right? They came to the right place. We, we, we are what they've been looking for, all right? We, we, are the, we have the answer, all right? Thirdly, that you have the power to see miracles through your prayers. You do. Well, I gotta get pastor over here so he can pray for them. I got the same Holy Ghost you've got. Well, if Bishop comes down and lays hands on them, I'm sure they'll be delivered. That's not what my Bible tells me. It says, these signs shall follow them that become bishops or deacons. No, that, that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll cast out devils in my name. All right, you have to believe that you have the power to see miracles through your prayers. Next, you, you need to have faith that you can pray people through to the Holy Ghost. You need to have faith for that. You need to believe that you can be used of God to pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost. So first of all, you gotta have faith. Secondly, you need to have confidence. All right, confidence, which is not the same as arrogance. All right, anybody ever met somebody that's arrogant? All right, that's repelling, but confidence is attracting. All right, we wanna be confident. And, and here's, faith says, I believe it can happen, but confidence says, I believe it will happen. I'm gonna pray for this person, and whatever they need, God is gonna do it for them. I'm confident in that. It's going to happen. If they need, if they need deliverance, I'm gonna pray for them, and God is gonna deliver them. Now, I, obviously, we don't know the heart of that person. Okay, and, and, and God can wanna do it. We can have faith for, for God to do it. But the third point in that equation is they have to want it, okay? So, and we can't control that, but we can still pray with confidence that God is gonna do it, all right? Faith breeds success, and success breeds confidence, and then confidence breeds more faith. So it starts with faith, we believe it can, moves to confidence, we believe it will, and then God does it, and that increases our faith. And then it just, man, it just becomes a, like a, a powerful cycle of our faith and confidence that God is and God will, and it just continues to grow. And before you know it, God is using you to do things that you never thought God would use you to do. All right, so we gotta have faith. Two, we gotta have confidence. 
And three, you must have love. You must have love. And probably, maybe the most important part there is that you gotta have love. Your attitudes and motives must be pure when praying for people. All right? Uh, people can sense when your objective is personal gain. All right? I, you know, back in, uh, at least in the movies, in the war times, you know, when they take down somebody, that, you know, put a notch in their belt or, you know, a notch on the gun or whatever. That's not what praying for people in the altar is. So we can get a notch. Look at how many souls I've prayed through. All right? Look at how many people I've been responsible for getting baptized. That's, that's not about us. We're just a conduit. We're just a vessel that God is using. And, and when, when you're doing whatever, whether it's anything in ministry, when you're doing it for personal gain, people can feel that. We must be real and we must genuinely love people, all people, from all backgrounds and all walks of life. We gotta love people, right? Many of Jesus's miracles were preceded by him being moved with compassion. What does that word compassion mean? It means I'm putting myself in your situation. I'm, I'm having empathy for what you're going through, all right? The, the, the story of the Good Samaritan, right? The, the religious people all walked on the other side of the road and the one person who probably shouldn't have gone to meet that man's needs, the Samaritan, is the one who did. He put himself in his shoes. He, he, he empathized with the pain of that man, and he went and cared for him and met his needs. And, and that's what we have to be in the altar. We have to be moved with compassion. How many of you can, can look at people and, and tell they're going through something? It's not hard a lot of time. It's not hard to see that when people are going through. And we need to be moved with compassion. We need to be... What's the opposite of that? I, I got to hurry up and get out of here. Pastor preached too long today. All right? You know, kickoff was 30 minutes ago. Tip-off was an hour ago, whatever. You know, I, my reservations at, uh, you know, Longhorn were 20 minutes ago, whatever. What, that, that's not compassion. Being moved by compassion says, you know, we're going to stay here as long as it takes for somebody's need to be met. All right, we're going to stay here as long as it takes. God, use me in this altar. Lord, lead me to somebody today that's hurting. Lead me to somebody today that's broken and help me, Lord, to be led by love and compassion and let me feel what they feel. Let me feel their pain. Let me feel their hurt so that I can minister to them effectively. Next, you must have lived a life of prayer. All right? And notice you must have lived. Not at that moment, all of a sudden, okay, Lord, here I'm gonna put in my prayer quota for the week right now. No, you gotta be praying throughout the week. Okay, you gotta be daily spending time in prayer. If you pray in secret, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter six and six that if we will pray in secret, God will reward us openly. Prayer helps you minister effectively. Anybody ever been praying for something and God just quickens scripture to your mind? All right, that's the result of being in prayer. All right, prayer helps you minister effectively. Many times God will give me wisdom about a situation Things I don't even know in my flesh, but my spirit, because I'm connected to God through prayer, he gives me wisdom. He gives me foresight into what's going on. All right? Next, prayer is the power. Prayer is power in the Holy Ghost. Anybody try to run a vacuum cleaner that wasn't plugged in? It doesn't work too well. Any appliance, it doesn't work. Unless it's battery operated, then okay, you might have got me there. Or maybe you got a gas-powered vacuum. That would be awesome. All right, it doesn't work. It's got, there's gotta be a source of power and prayer is our source of power. All right, we get power. How, do we, how can we pray for the sick and they recover? We gotta have power. 
How can we pray people through to the Holy Ghost? We gotta have power. How can we pray and people be healed and delivered? Well, we gotta have power. And how do we get power? Not because we come to church and we're in the, a member of Living Hope. That's not what gives you power. Well, I clap my hands during worship service. Good. That's not what gives you power. What gives you power is your time you spend with God in prayer. And prayer gives you wisdom in how to pray with people. And that's important, that we have wisdom in how to pray with people. Which leads us to our fifth point, and that is that you must have and use wisdom. Both are important. Having wisdom without using it is kind of pointless. So you gotta have and you gotta use wisdom. If we don't use wisdom, we can actually cause more harm than good. All right, we can actually cause more harm than good. All right, I don't, there, there could be a thousand different scenarios I could share with you right now of how that might, how that might be. Let's just say we've, we have this intuition, this feeling that this person has dealt with a, um, they've been a victim of some sort of abuse. And so we just think it's a good time for us to call that out and tell them. That, that probably is not the best approach. You, you, you may be way off, all right? And, and, and maybe you speaking that out loud is not the best approach anyhow. Using wisdom, I've been in services where, and I believe in the prophetic, but I believe in you, you know, that, that there is wisdom that comes with the gifts of the Spirit. So I've been in services where from the platform, the preacher would tell somebody about a secret sin that they're going through in their, or that they have in their life. And I've not seen too many situations where that worked out for the good. Right? Wisdom would be me going to that, maybe putting the microphone down and going one-on-one -on -one to that person and saying, here's what God's speaking to me, rather than putting them on blast in front of the whole church. Wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. James 1 and 5 tells us that we should ask for wisdom. Ask for it. And if we are truly spirit-led, we will use godly wisdom. Well, I couldn't help it, Pastor. The Spirit told me to do it. You know, if it was really spirit, there would be wisdom there to accompany that. Okay, God would, God would give you wisdom in how to do it, all right? And if you combine those five ingredients of faith, confidence, love, prayer, and wisdom, you will be an effective altar worker. All right, so those are the principles of what we need to be an altar worker, to be an effective altar worker. Now we'll get more into some of the practical elements of how to be an effective altar worker. First of all, altar working starts when the guest arrives at church. All right, it starts when they walk in the doors back there. If, if they walk in and nobody's greeted them, and right, they walk in and, and all of a sudden, you know, people look at them and then whisper to one another, all right, or they walk in and we turn around and walk the other way, and then all of a sudden they walk down to the altar and we want to go pray for them, they're not going to be open to that. First of all, they're probably not going to come to the altar, all right? So it starts when they walk through the door. A lot of the things that we do in our church service to you might feel like we're just doing little fillers to take up time because pastor just wants us to be here all day. None of, nothing that we do is accidental. It's all very intentional. That little space of time that we take where I say turn to somebody nearby you, greet somebody, tell them you're glad to have them at Living Hope. What I'm trying to do is set it up so that when the altar call comes, that person feels welcome and they're more inclined to come to the altar. Not only that, but if you make a connection with them, if they're gonna be open to you coming down and praying with them at the altar. But if they don't know anybody, Nobody's made a connection with them. They got all kinds of walls up, right? Laying hands on people is not a normal thing. At Walmart, if somebody walks up to you and puts their hand on your forehead, it's probably gonna be a fight, okay? So the things that we do in here are not normal in our world. So 
all kinds of walls are up. They're like, what are these? You ever walked into a, you know, speaking in tongues is not something they do at Walmart. And people walk into an apostolic church for the first time, and they're like, what in the world did I just walk? And the walls are up. All kinds of what, but then the Holy Ghost starts moving and the Spirit starts moving and the preacher preaches in the Word of God and they're like, how does he know? Who told him? Okay, and God starts, and the, and, and the walls can be st- begin to start coming down and if we'll make connections with people, we're setting ourselves up to be able to pray with them in the altar. So it starts when they arrive. The first few minutes of our guest's arrival are very critical and I want to pause to give a shout out to our first touch system, Sister Simpkins and our hostess and our greeters and our ushers, we have the best. Amen, Sister Simpkins, you and your team do a great job. And everybody that I've ever talked to that's come to Living Hope, they may not agree with everything, they might leave because the preacher wasn't that good, but the one thing they never say, or or should say, they always say is it's a friendly church. People treated us with kindness, with love, and so I wanna thank you guys for that because that's very crucial. If a person feels welcome, they're more likely to respond. And beyond that, your worship is equally as important. All right? If you sit there like a bump on a log all through worship, okay, guests are looking around. They're seeing. And then all of a sudden, you get super spiritual at the altar call. All right? You ain't been engaged in anything else in church, but all of a sudden, you're there you are. In the, okay, your worship is telling them, hey, this is good what is happening right now. All right. When, when you go to a football game and something good happens, everybody claps. And people that have never been to a football game, they're like, oh, everybody else is clapping. I should too. Okay. And, and in church, when you worship, it's telling that first-time guest that comes to church what's happening right now is good. Okay. Worship is not about you all the time. We've got to get unselfish in our worship. It's not about me. If worship was about me, then I would only do it when I was having victory in my life. I would only do it when all the circumstances were well in my life. But I don't do that because it's not all about me. I worship when things aren't going good in my life because it's for somebody around me. Amen? Amen. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent there. Uh, secondly, an, uh, another critical key is getting the guests to the altar, which is not by grabbing them by the arm and dragging them under any circumstance. All right? So one way that we could do that when a guest comes in and we see a new guest coming in and again, our ushers do a great job at seating people, but, but if you greet a guest out there, maybe ask them to sit with you. Okay, if you're a family, and I know most of our young families are out there, but if you see a family, you've got children, they've got children, asking them to come sit with you. If you maybe you can see that there's some, they're kind of looking around, they don't know anybody, ask them, hey, if you'd like, I've got some seats over here by me and my family, we'd love to have you sit with us. That, that's a, a good starting point. You're, again, you're, you're setting it up to get them to the altar later on. Okay, secondly, ask them if they have questions during service and explain what's happening. All right, I've been meeting with, uh, I don't know, I don't see Mike here tonight, but I've been meeting with Mike and Reiner and, and some of these new folks that are coming to church, and Mike is like, the first time I heard people speaking in tongues, I didn't know what was going on. And he still doesn't fully know what's going on. We're working on that. All right, but, it, but it's new, and so you can tell, I could tell, that first time Mike was here, I could tell he didn't know what was going on just by the look on his face, right? It's like the haunted house look. Where am I? What's a deer in the headlights, all right? So if, if you see somebody nearby you, hey, you know, it's all right. I know, you know, right now what you're hearing, those people are worshiping God. 
and I, I can show you in the scripture what's happening, but, but what they're doing right now is, is it's in the Bible, it, it, all right? It's, it's a good thing that's happening. Oh, okay, okay. All right. I, I don't need to plan my exit out of here, all right? Ask them if they have questions and explain to them what's happening. Hey, the reason that that guy just ran a lap around the church, all right? The reason that he ran out that door, and around, okay, explain to them what's going on. Don't be intimidated to ask people to go to the altar, all right? Think, it of, think of it this way. Good things always happen at an apostolic altar. Anytime people come to this altar, nothing bad is going to happen. It's always going to be good. So don't be intimidated to ask people to come with you to the altar. All right, you may be the one, you may be the catalyst. They're, they're already sitting there. They're already feeling the pull of the Spirit. They're contemplating it, and it could be you asking them. That is going to be the thing that brings them to the altar, that moves them into an experience that is going to determine their eternity. No pressure. All right. But really, don't be intimidated. Okay? Now, if you're at Walmart, you know, it might be, I don't know why I keep going to Walmart. Let's use Target. If you're at Target, you know, maybe at Target, you're a little intimidated. Hey, would you go to the altar with me? What, what are you talking about? All right. No, but, but here, this is, okay, this is, a, this is a church. We're in our territory. All right, our turf, as they might say. Don't be intimidated to ask people to come to the altar. Here's what I like. I, I love very simple kind of thinking about things, but coming to the altar is where lives are altered. Lives are changed when they come to the altar. Very, very few times are people going to have a significant change when they don't come forward to the altar. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but most of the time, changes take place in people's lives when they walk down to the altar and they raise their hands and they surrender to God. All right, so don't be intimidated. General information, ask them, very important, ask them if they would mind if you prayed for them. Ask them. Now, if their hands are raised and tears are streaming down like buckets, all right, probably don't stop them. Hey, do you mind if I pray with you? Okay, but if they're standing there kind of, you know, eyes closed, peeking around a little bit, all right, don't just walk up to them and, and you know, grip their forehead. Don't, don't, even, don't even walk up and just slap your hand on their back. Again, we're talking about new guests here. Walk up and ask them, would it be okay if I pray with you? All right, and if they say no, don't do it anyway. Bless God, I'm gonna do it anyhow. No, if they say no, I'd rather you don't. Swallow your, your pride and walk, you know, and, 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 and honor that. Most of the time, they're not gonna say that. But it, it brings a wall down when you simply ask them that question. All right? Um, don't assume why they're praying. Ask them. Anybody ever pray for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost for 30 minutes only to find out they had it already? You can save yourself 30 minutes by asking them. You know, what, what is it today that I can, how can I pray for you? You know, well, I, I'm going through, a, a, my marriage right now is in a lot of trouble and I need somebody to pray with me about it. All right? Or I just, I feel, the whole, I feel something in here that I've never felt before and, and I, I feel so good, I want it. What, you know what that is? That's the Holy Ghost. They want the Holy Ghost, all right? So ask them. Uh, don't let people pray aimlessly. Help lead. That's why you're here, to help lead them in prayer. So don't, you know, don't let them pray aimlessly. Help by leading them in prayer. And then, again, put yourself in their shoes, all right? Again, just, it's hard for us because we come every Sunday, most of us that are here, and we're used to this, Think about it from a first-time guest that's walked into an apostolic church for the first time. 
and a guy just ran a lap around the church. And people are speaking in languages that you don't know. All right? And it's, it's exciting, but it's kind of crazy at the same think, think of things through there. When you go to pray with them, try to put yourself in their shoes. Now, here's some don'ts of effective altar working. Don't give them a rub down. All right? I'm trying to think of a good volunteer here today. Um, We'll just go with, we'll let you imagine. Don't put your hands all over them and, and rub all over their bodies. All right, they didn't, they didn't pay for a massage. They're not expecting one. Don't give them one. Did I say something wrong? All right. What's that? Free minute? Well, it could be, but we won't do that here at Living Hope. All right, so don't. Don't lay your hands on them and rub all over them. If you feel to lay your, your hand on them, let them know that I'm, I'm going to lay my hand on your shoulder or I'm going to lay my hand on your forehead. All right? Let them know what's coming so you don't get knocked out. All right? That would be awkward for everybody. All right? Next, don't speak in tongues in their ear. All right? Now, we're starting off in prayer right here. Don't, don't start off by speaking in tongues in their ear. They need the Holy Ghost, so the first thing you do is show them this is what it sounds. No, we're not, we're not interested in them learning how to pray like you pray. We want them to be filled with God's Spirit. The evidence of that is he's going to take control of their tongue and they're going to speak in another language, not they learned how to speak like you. All right? So don't speak in tongues into their ear. God does not need us to fill people with his spirit. He doesn't need us to help him with that. He's going to do it. It's his promise, right? My wife preached about that Sunday. It's his spirit. It's his promise. He's going to fill them. Many times we do that because we're filling the Holy Ghost, which is fine, but it can be very confusing for a guest. The first thing we do, you mind if I pray for you? What, what are you looking for? Oh, you'd like to get the Holy Ghost? Okay. But, and we just go in. Uh, well, what just happened? All right, it would be better if we Give them some instruction, all right? First thing we're going to do, we're going to, anyway, I'll, I'll, we'll get into that in a minute. We're going to repent together, okay? You can't, you can't get the Holy Ghost if you haven't surrendered yourself to the Lord, all right? Um, make sure that things are done decently and in order, all right? I, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself here. Don't rock them and throw them all over the place. Maybe that's another free benefit too, but don't do that, all right? Don't rock them and throw them all over the place. My dad tells the story of a time that he was at a service and they were praying for this person to get the Holy Ghost and they hadn't got it yet. So the guy reached in his mouth and grabbed his tongue and started moving it for him. All right? Maybe back then that was okay. No, I don't think that's ever been okay. And it certainly ain't okay today. Don't do that. All right? Um, don't feel like you have to give them a private word from the Lord. All right, we, we believe in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit, but we must be wise. Not every person that comes down here needs to get a, 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 a word from you, from God through you. Okay, um, make sure that all things are done decently and in order. You can never go wrong by being accountable to make sure that what you're about to share is from the Lord. What does that mean? Well, if you feel like God's given you a word, ask, ask me. Ask my wife. Ask a leader here. All right? This is what I feel like God is speaking. 
telling me to share with this person, is it, is it okay if I do that? Um, don't stand around watching while others are praying. Don't spit all over them. Also, a very bad turnoff when people are praying, be spit all over. Like where the sprinklers get turned on at. Next one, very important, don't fight over who's praying for them. I've seen that one happen. All right, somebody's praying and somebody else scoots in. They get in on it too. Next thing you know, you got three people fighting over who's praying for them. Now, there are times that we have authorized people when there's somebody praying for them and, and they're confusing and they're not doing it right, that I'll say, hey, go you know, slide them out the way and take over. All right? Don't be intimidated. Again, you have the power of the Holy Ghost. So those are the don'ts. Do. Here's some do's. Do have faith that God is going to answer their prayers. So we're going back to faith. Do have faith. All right? Again, now, we're, particularly when we're talking about after we've, you know, found out what this person is praying for. All right? They're praying. So let's just, hypothetically, I don't always lay my hand on people's heads when I pray for them. All right? If somebody is, they need comfort, they need strength, I'll, I'll put my hand on their shoulder. They, what they need there is somebody to pray with them. Okay, now when there's authority that is needed, when I'm praying for healing or deliverance, amen, I'm praying for somebody to get victory, I'm praying somebody through the Holy Ghost, I'll lay my hand on their head. That's biblical. All right, so um, let me get down a bit. Do, when we're praying for somebody that needs to be prayed for, do lay your hands on their forehead with power and authority. All right, again, after you've already let them know you're going to do that, and do encourage them and speak uplifting words. Another very important do is do use breath mints. All right, I know sometimes you don't know that it's off, but it can be off and you don't know it. All right, you think it's all smelling good and it's not. All right, so use breath mints. It's okay to do that. It's not against the law. Amen, I highly encourage it. They got all kinds of new technology out now. They got those little dissolving breath strips Amen, that's a good option. They have new ones now. You can chew on them and they, it's like Listerine dissolves in your mouth. That's another good option. All kinds of options out there. I don't care which one you use, but use one of them. All right, do give them directions and instructions on how to pray. And then do allow the Holy Ghost to use you, but again, use wisdom and common sense. All right, let's, let's talk specifically about how to pray with people to receive the Holy Ghost. First of all, walk them through repentance. All right, as I stated before, are you done already? Sorry, my wife, we, we had a conversation this morning, and I told her she, was, um, she had a lot to say, a lot of good things to say. She said, I'm going to be done the night before you are. I said, no, you won't. All right, so walk them through repentance. All right, make sure they fully understand what repentance is. And we can't hurry through Repentance. Okay, repentance is not a repeat after me prayer. Repentance is a surrendering of ourself. All right, don't be afraid to lead them through repentance. Many people don't understand repentance or how to pray. So you need to explain to them what repentance is. Repentance is asking God to forgive us, but it's also committing to, to change, that God, I wanna change. I don't wanna continue living the way I am. I wanna walk a different direction. All right, and then you can, you can repent with them, not for them, 
God, forgive this wretched sinner today, Lord. Forgive them for all the, no. Lord, forgive me today, God. I am a sinner, Lord. I, even today, once again, I need you and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Let them hear you repent. Now, don't get too graphic, all right? That's not helping anybody. If you start getting into details of what you're, just let them hear you repent, all right? And when I say don't get graphic, I mean, certainly you can, but if you've got some deep, dark, hidden sins, that's not the time to bring it out. Probably you don't need to be praying for somebody until you deal with that anyhow, okay? Um, and again, don't rush it. Don't rush repentance. It's very important. People are not, they're not really going to, they're not going to receive the Holy Ghost until they repent. All right? That's, again, the Old Testament, the tabernacle was a type and a shadow. You didn't get to the holiest of holies before the brazen altar. The sacrifice of repentance had to be given before you could get to the holiest of holies. All right? Explain to them what receiving the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues is. Make sure that they understand what they're feeling is God's spirit. All right? They're already feeling it. Okay? If, if they're... You know, emotions are a great indicator. They're, they're smiling, they're, they're crying, their hands are raised, they're, they're enjoying, what's, they're feeling what's going on. All right, they're already feeling that. You need to just let them know what you're feeling right now is God's spirit because they've never felt it before. Anybody remember the first time you felt the Holy Ghost? There's nothing like it. Even today, there's still nothing like it. I don't ever want it to get old. Amen, but, but they don't know what it is, so you need to let them know what you're feeling is the Holy Ghost. All right? He doesn't just want them to feel them, though. He wants to live inside of them. The evidence for every believer is that they will speak in a language that they've never learned before. And so they have to totally surrender to God. My wife, again, talked about that Sunday, including their tongue, the most unruly member of their body. And when God gets control of your tongue, he's really got you. All right, we can all, you know, God, you got my hands, you got my feet, but when he gets your tongue, he's really got you, okay? Thirdly, explain to them what's going to happen next. All right, so you I want you to close your eyes and raise your hands. All right, and, and we've repented of our sins. Now we're gonna begin to give God praise. We're gonna begin to thank him for forgiving our sins. We're gonna just tell God how much we love him. We, we thank him for his grace and for his mercy. Amen, we're gonna begin to worship him. And you may need, you know, explain a little bit about what worship and praise is. And then at some point, let them know, okay, we're gonna begin to worship God together. We're gonna begin to praise God. And, and the Holy, you're gonna feel the Holy Ghost begin to move. You're gonna feel that. Amen. And, and I'm gonna, when I lay my hand on you, you're gonna be filled with the Holy Ghost and you're gonna to begin to speak in a language you don't even know. Okay, you have to build their faith. You have to build their expectation. All right, how many of you believe the Holy Ghost is for everybody? So you're not speaking outside the scripture. This promise is for you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen? So it's for everybody. We're biblical. We're speaking truth. It's for them. Amen? Um, let's see. When I lay my hand on you, surrender and, and don't be afraid. Whatever those words are, just don't be afraid to speak that out. All right? And then you will then begin the process of what you just explained. So we explained it, and then we're going to actually walk through that process. All right? All right, we'll, we'll come to a conclusion here. All right, if they don't receive the Holy Ghost fairly quick or it feels like they're stuck, don't be afraid to stop them. All right? If you can tell, I mean, sometimes people are doing it because, you know, we're, we're trying to keep them going. But if, if, it's, if it's obvious that the faith is not there, it's starting to die, what we don't want to do is for this experience to become a negative to them. So we want to affirm that what, what just happened to that's awesome. God is working in your life. 
Amen. It's awesome the steps that you have taken today. You've repented of your, and certainly, amen, we want to lead them to waters of baptism. Amen. But it's awesome what God has done in you today. The, the Holy Ghost has moved in your life today. God has more for you. We don't ever want to, the experience that they have at the altar to be a negative that destroys their faith. All right, if they do begin to speak in tongues, all right, make sure they recognize it. All right, so as they're speaking in tongues, hey, do you hear that? That's the Holy Ghost. Don't stop them and ask them. As they're speaking, that's the Holy Ghost. Do you hear that? that that's, amen, that's the evidence of the Holy Ghost filling you. All right? When they're done, okay, you need to ask them what happened. Don't ever tell somebody they got the Holy Ghost. All right, because when you go home and you're not there, and they walk out the doors, the devil's gonna show up. And he's gonna be telling them that wasn't a real experience. You didn't really get it. They need, they need to say it. They, I, yes, I know I received the whole, I felt it, I heard it, I received the Holy Ghost. Okay, that, that is a, a huge step in the process of the enemy not tearing down the experience they just had. All right? There are three main reasons people don't receive the Holy Ghost. And some of these are things we cannot control, most of them. But number one is a lack of repentance. Hey, when you tell people what repentance is, it's surrendering our lives to God, and internally they're saying, I'm not ready to do that. I've still got some sin I don't want to stop doing. I've still got some things in my life I'm not ready to give up. Well, you ain't going to pray them through the Holy Ghost while they're holding on to sin. Okay? You, you can't go to Canaan while you're still living in Egypt. All right? So they have to be willing. And, and again, you can't control that. Secondly is lack of desire. If they don't want the Holy Ghost, you can't want it for them. You can't want them into getting the Holy Ghost. They, they have to desire it. And then thirdly is lack of understanding, and that's where we can help. Okay, when they don't understand, that's where we come in and we can help them there. All right? Regardless of what happens, make sure you celebrate it again. Make sure you celebrate what God has done. All right, any questions? All right, this is a little bit different, so I'll open it up for a few questions tonight. Any questions about being an effective altar worker? I know I didn't do that good of a job. Everybody's like, your wife's done. We're getting out of here. Any questions at all? All right, I guess I did do that good. Let's stand together. Let's, and let's utilize this. Again, we have a lot of people that are coming that are new to this. When they come down to the altar, you need to be confident. Don't look around. Well, you know, maybe, maybe if Brother Phillips would come up and pray for him, maybe Brother Johnson, maybe Pastor, maybe, and we're looking around. No, no, you, you, everybody say me. If you got the Holy Ghost, raise your hand. You, all right, you are the one. Come and pray with them. Lead them. Explain to them what they're feeling. Lead them, all right? All these things we just talked about. You guys understood. You don't have any questions. So you got it, right? You, you got it 100% on the test. You know what I'm talking about. So let's put it into practice. There's no, there's no reason why we shouldn't be harvesting and, and seeing these new people being born into the kingdom of water and spirit. Amen. Amen. We have plenty of people here that are qualified as altar workers, all right? Amen. God bless you. I think there's refreshments in the uh, multipurpose room. And uh, again, we'll see you guys. Don't forget Friday night for the hyphen. And we'll see you guys Sunday morning. God bless you. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com.
I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus.